Good evening, dear listener, and welcome once again to the Podding Shed. Now, the first thing to settle is where we stand on the sensitive issue of nomenclature. I think that's the right word. Last season, the good ship Podding Shed had to survive the departure of Kaiser Johnny, a.k.a. the very fine Johnny Dyer. And now this season, we are ploughing ahead without our culinary expert and artisan producer of Tresec Humour. Yes, folks. Mark has torn off the headphones, tugged the microphone roughly from its stand and shuffled out of the studio. So I think he's, I think he's gone to the bake-off. Himself, I think but. he was. Well, you know, well, they are quite aggressive, this, uh, this new lot that have bought it, you see. I wouldn't, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised to see him pop up on there with a, with a, with a, with a, with a soggy bottom. Um, yeah. um, so one of the questions, and we can deal with this, at any point we're like, is this episode 78? Or do we adopt a new system, you know, like Top Gear, and say that this is now the Podding Shed version 2, update 1? I don't know. It's all a little bit technological for me. Anyway... Tonight, we are supposed to be welcoming a new podder, more of which soon, because at the moment, technology, in much the same way as the fan cast has seen this kind of thing happen, is utterly failing miserably, and um, something's popping up on the screen on me now, um, so I'm going to try and add the new guy in at some point after we've, we've finally got going. So, um, also in the near future, we'll be increasing the diversity in the potty shed, yes, by the introduction of potentially, well... Let's be fair, a woman. Yes, the fusty old Chesterfield will, all things working out, be adorned by a member of the fairer, and let's be fair, the better sex. No names just yet, but be assured, she is proper Chels. Much uh, rustling of newspaper in this uh, smoking Absolutely. Room. Dear Lord above, what is the... Th- Harumphing, generally. <laughs> <laughs> yes, indeed, indeed. Um, and so we'll, we'll move on to the football. Um, in a close season, which saw a, a Tucson of transfer activity with comparatively few in and even less seemingly out, uh, apart from some real deadheads in the form of Falcao. And uh, the unfortunate Pato, I thought, deserved a bit more of a chance, just for his enthusiasm alone. Um we did, of course, pick up the most important addition um, in the fact that we've now got a new coach, the charming yet steely-eyed Antonio Conte. We also moved into the fledgling season with bated breath, and for once, for once, a true sense of ignorance about just how this forthcoming season would compare to the debacle of last season or any previous season in the last 13 years or so. Um, so, for the first time in a long, long while... Like the intrepid explorers of days gone by, we face the unknown. Will we be the new Scots of the Antarctic, ploughing on regardless, ill-prepared until the inevitable demise in the moment we hear Captain Conte utter the words, I'm just going out, I may be some time. Or will we be lauded heroes, with Conte adopting his best astronaut suit and planting a flag in the centre circle with any number between one and four written on it to announce our return into the Premiership Elite? A good start, saw three straight wins, and a fighting display to overcome the mighty Bristol Rovers. A draw with Swansea to apply the air brakes a little bit, and then a crushing home defeat versus Liverpool, at which I was present, um, and which I think Clayton um, and, and, and myself probably, at least if we didn't look across to the ground to each other, we were probably thinking exactly the same thing. We then saw a brief reawakening versus Leicester in the Rumbelows Cup, one for the teenagers there. Um, after conceding to and reviving memories of glorious comebacks of the past. And then what well, I can only describe as the utter shambles that was Arsenal. Um, and, of course, we then also will touch possibly on the redemption or relief of beating the mighty Hull this weekend. 
My name is Tony Glover, known by our friends, the Chelsea fancasters, the Reverend Tony Glover for some reason, but also assuming the pseudonym <laughs> on Twitter of a fictional, kindly old gentleman featured in the Keith West long-lost theme from a teenage opera. I am Grocer Jack UK. Tonight, as ever, I'm joined by two of the more regular contributors, um, the Ron Harris and Peter Bonetti of our podcast, you might say. <coughs> so we'll start off with the, the Ron Harris, the new Ron Harris, the ever youthful and erudite Donal, aka Dr. Blowbio, on Twitter. Good evening, Donal. Good evening. And I might mention that I reside in the, uh, in the uh, People's Republic of Hackney, where, of course, uh, oh. Ron famously uh, emanated from ah. and indeed played played district football for Hackney. So, um, yeah. And my son has also played district football for Hackney. So, yes, we're, we're to some extent treading in the, in the mighty steps of, of Ron. Excellent. Although, I, 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 if I try and bite your legs, it's not going to have the same effect, I have to say. <laughs> Oh yeah, I thought it was. Yeah, I was going to say I thought it was Norman Norman Hunter, wasn't it? That was old bite the yeah, legs man. He was the yeah, he was. But I mean, Ron. Yeah. You know, he could, oh yeah. Yeah. He could Ron, put in a reducer or two when I, required. I think I always felt that with Ron Harris, he could actually do it with just a look. <laughs> that kind of thing. Well, about did, him. did you? There, there's a very famous story. Sorry to butt him before you've introduced me. There's a very famous story that he played. Uh, a, I mean, I'm sure it's hypocritical, but there was some nippy young winger who made uh, him look quite stupid in the first minute of the game, and he said something to Ron Harris and said. He said, well, you might have done that. He said, but if you come near me, you'll never play another game of football again. <laughs> and the guy disappeared from the game, strangely enough. Yeah, I've got a, I've got a Jimmy Greaves after dinner story, which was uh, uh, along similar lines. So let's move on. Um, we also have our Peter Bonetti of podcasts, our, our famous and staunch final man on the field. Um, it's... Uh, a pleasure to welcome a long-time Chelsea fan and now author of the fine journal of last season's travails, palpable discord, um, Clayton Beerman, also known as at Goalie59 on Twitter. Good evening, Clayton. Although Good you've, evening. Just, you've just introduced yourself quite I have, I have eloquently there, yeah. yeah. Um, um, yeah and great, last, great, great to be back. And last but not least, and we are in a position of have I got news for you here because um, he's not actually online at the moment. And when when I when I move off onto um, Donal and Clayton to to discuss some bits and pieces, I'm going to try and gently and very silently dial him in again. Um, hopefully, he's not trying to refuel a Vulcan bomber, um, <laughs> which, which, he was engine, which he was when we tried to dial him in earlier on. Um, but um, yeah, so I'll, I'll, I'll do that. But um, the guy, um, his name is Kweku. Um, he tweets as number one is at number one is Chelsea. I've had some very interesting conversations with Kweku on Chelsea, but also some very political conversations um, of which we we almost share the same outlook. I, I suspect that mine has been mellowed um, by the winds and and of age, and I've been ground down a little bit. But uh, when he comes on, I'll just maybe jump in to let himself introduce himself and give us a quick pricey all about himself. And then we can get into the football. Um, let's kick off, though. Let's talk about the start and progress to date. Um, it's been interesting, so I'll start with you, Clayton. Um, we've had a general view of the first you know, few games, plus the Bristol Rovers game, if you want to throw that in. Um, and your thoughts on the 
if you like, the double whammy of Liverpool and Arsenal. Yet another home defeat to bloody Liverpool after last season's um, dreadful display. Um, you know, I'm, I'm going to put the first half of this year's display up there with almost the entire game last year. Um, but then the, the, the small matter of possibly some redemption against Hull. Um, off you go. Clayton. Yes. Um, I think that this season is... is basically summed up the way that things are at the moment you know you're either the best team in the world or you're the worst team in the world and I don't think we're either to be perfectly <laughs> honest I think we're, we're, we're somewhere I don't know in the middle but um I think yeah we started off we we um we basically I thought we played very well against West Ham um we were quite lucky to have our goal scorer on the pitch at the end of the game but there you go <laughs> Oh, brilliant. Oh, hey, we're in. Hello. Better? Oh, hey. All right, lads. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, Quaker. Hey, you're right, you're in now. Uh, well, I, I've, just, I've just returned from uh, Doctor Who, uh, where, where I was with the dialects. <laughs> yeah, you certainly were very, very loud. Um, what I'm going to ask you to do, Quaker, is um, yeah. just just mute yourself while we while we talk. But actually, before Clayton moves into the football, um, do you want to give, yeah. us a, give us a quick two-minute overview, talk about yourself and your... your how you got into Chelsea, um, so we can at least um, bring you on board? Yeah, I mean, I, I guess this is the moment where I, uh, I kiss the badge and, uh, and say how it's always been my dream to podcast for the Podding Shed. Um, oh, you'll go far, you will. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, well, very simple story, um, nice and easy. Um, I grew up in Chelsea, actually on the King's Road, um, for the first 18 years of my life. Um, so uh, I can properly say that I am a Kings Row boy through and through. Um, and I uh, went to my first game when I was 16. Um, come in just around the time. Um, well, uh, I've been a fan for quite a while before that, uh, around about the time Glenn Hoggle and Rud Hullet were just transitioning the club. Um, and then obviously started match going when I was, when I was about 16. Um, and then through... Uh, being very, very annoying, uh, became the first uh, press officer for the Chelsea Sporters Group back in 2005, uh, where I worked with uh, Trizia and only a pound uh, and all the local celebrities that we all know very well. Um, did a bit of work with the Chelsea Sporters Trust as well. Um, I've had lots of conversations with people like Simon Greenberg um, about how not to uh, upset the club by complaining about things like ticket prices and so on and so on. Um, so that's a very brief sketch. Uh, I do a bit of writing as well for Blue Tinted, Blue Tinted, um, and uh, and generally just annoy people with um, with my love of uh, Chelsea Football Club. Really? Well, thank you very much. What I'm going to do is I'll ask you to go on mute. But I didn't realise that actually we were doing something that the club wasn't doing and introducing some youth. Good. Oh, there you go. <laughs> well, uh, listen, if you're out there, Mr. Buck and Mr. Emanalo, take note the the podding shed is leading the way. In, I'm pretty sure, going by the dates and the managers you just mentioned, compared to us, you are literally you've just stepped out of the under 21s team into the first so, team. So we're, we're going to have we're going to have a female. And a young person. And a young person. You should also note that you've got a black person as well. So you've got a bit of... You've got, oh, female, oh, yeah. you've got youth, you've got youth, you've got colour, yeah. and you've got... Uh, and you, <laughs> fantastic. I'll tell you we what. Just, I, we just I, got to reach out to the transgender yes. community. Oh, yes. 
Yeah, we'll have it done. Keep going. Yeah. Keep going. I can hear the copies. I can hear the copies of the Telegraph being rolled up as we speak. Dear Odin. Great to have you on board, Queku. Um, I'm yes, just, I've, I've basically yeah. just kicked um kicked the the discussion into um. Uh, uh, in, into play um, and um, Clayton's just going to give us a quick rundown of his views of the season so far carry on Clayton uh, okay uh, <laughs> <laughs> what I was saying. Um, so yeah so where do we go so we played well against West Ham um, I think we deserved to beat West Ham we played pretty averagely against Watford but some superb substitutions uh, brought about a, a fantastic victory and we completely obliterated Burnley we played really well uh, they weren't particularly good but you can only play what's in front of you um, and we had a little bit of a, a strange game against Bristol Rovers I'm not quite sure what happened there but that was all very unpleasant but um, we got through um, and then we played Liverpool on the Friday night and I think I had Swansea before that we, oh, sorry, great. we had the draw against Swansea which we were sort of unlucky not to win, but we were the architects of our own downfall in many respects. Yeah. We we should yeah. have should have put them away. Um, the fact they scored a goal which shouldn't have been a goal because it was a free kick is irrelevant. As Gary, God bless, improved the following two weeks yeah. running. Um, <laughs> so from that point of view, that that was unfortunate. Um, and then we just, I I think a lot of Liverpool was down to stage fright for Conte, to be perfectly honest. I don't know why, but the whole team seemed to freeze. Liverpool played very well. I think, you know, that's one thing that, that, that tends to get lost in the mist. You know, whenever we get tonked by anybody, is the fact that we don't actually appreciate that we're playing a, a decent team. Um, and Liverpool have proved this season that they are a decent team. Uh, all that being said, if you remember in the Liverpool game when it was 2-1, Costa had a shot which basically hit Mignolet. Uh, if it would have gone a yard either side of him or a Misa for the younger mm. uh, participants, um, you know, who knows what would have happened. But ultimately, that, that was a strange performance by Conte. He didn't make any substitutions until it was too late. Uh, then we had Leicester, which was extraordinary. Uh, it was a game like uh, a playground game. Um, you know, like rush goalies and and everything. It was it was bizarre, but we showed a lot of character to come back, and I thought we we played very well at the end of it. Um, and then we had Arsenal, which was just awful. It was absolutely awful. And I I don't know. I mean, we can go on to talk about it. Whether there's this whole inferiority complex of because of what happened last season, that <laughs> players have a particularly low opinion of themselves. Um, but they just didn't take part, to be honest. Um, so, and again, Arsenal played really well. Arsenal pressed us and they harried us. And, and unfortunately, the one thing that, that happened in that game, and I think the one thing that I really don't understand why they didn't change it, is it was so painfully obvious that we couldn't play out from the back because they were on top of us from minute one. But we continued to try and do it and ended up gifting them, well, at least two goals. Um, and then last Saturday was a, a vast improvement. I don't think it was as good as people are saying, but it was certainly good enough. Um, we should have won by a lot more. Um, so as I said at the beginning, uh, before um, the introduction, um, I don't think we're as, as bad as some people are making out, and I don't think we're, we're that good, but I do think we're just a work in progress. I, I think anybody who expected us to be a huge amount different from last season when in essence we've only really 
who we we bought one player who's been a regular first team player, and obviously David Luiz has come in now. Um, you know, anybody who thought we were going to be massively different um, was, I think, slightly deluded. To be perfectly honest, I, I think we are what we are. I think um, yeah. it's been an okay and. No, seven games in, we're two points off the Champion League's places. Yeah. It, it's I mean, fine, you know? I, I, I sort of take your point. I think the only th- the two things I've picked up on there, really, number one was I think Cahill's been unfairly lambasted. Um, he, he did get it wrong against Arsenal, but he did nothing wrong against Liverpool. You know, that, they were, f- for the first goal, five players from Liverpool um, where our left-back should have been, and he was completely AWOL um, because probably he isn't really a left-back. Um, they were almost lining up to score that first goal. And the second goal um, that Liverpool scored, which, let's be fair, Jordan Henderson could have done that another 50 times that night. Um, and you and me would have been in more danger than the goal, Clayton, from where yeah. we sit. But, um, you know, in all fairness, it was a fantastic strike. But I, I, I said, if you're going to put the blame anywhere, it was possibly at the fact that David Luiz was forced to put the ball out for a throw-in because he never got a shout from Courtois. And I heard Courtois, um, Luiz, ball him out about it. You, you know, something along the lines, you, you know, wh- wh- why didn't you tell me you then? Well, where was the shout or something along them lines? And the look of disgust. And that, that's partly why I'm glad to have Luiz back in it because I don't think he's scared to have a go at other players who aren't doing their bit. Um, and, you know, we've, we've moaned last season about lack of character in the team. Well, he's certainly not one. Um, uh, he certainly one doesn't have a lack of character, um, so it's an interesting one, really. Um, Donald, give me your points of view, and I'll bring you in in a minute, Quick. Um, but um, let's let's get Donald's quick quick overview. <coughs> um, yeah, I, I I was at the West Ham game, and yeah, West Ham were were poor. Um, my my main worry was that. Um, and it's been a trend we had last season and seems to be continuing this season, is that even when we dominate a game and dominate possession, when we break down defensively, it always tends to be catastrophic and end in a goal. Um, and I saw that with West Ham, because West Ham, from memory, um, didn't get a shot on goal in the first half. And I think it was their first strike on goal they scored with. And... You know, we had dominated that game. It, it was quite a weak West Ham side, but it was that that tendency to, you know, when mistakes get made, they end up in goals. Now, that there's a developing um, discussion about Courtois. <clears throat> Is he really sort of starting to go downhill or has been going downhill since last season, etc., etc.? And you've just pointed out a lack of decisiveness you know, in his communication with Louise. Um, and people are saying, you know, he's the goalkeeper who's um, let in the highest percentage of shots. But I think, to be fair to him, most of the time, you know, when goals get scored on him, they tend to be fairly unstoppable ones. You know, we, it, it's, it's difficult to put, put a finger on it without having lots of technology like they do on Sky and playing lots of tapes and me showing that I know nothing about football. But you, you can see there's, there, there is a sort of, you know, it even happened on, on, um, uh, on the game against Hull. There was a couple of times in the second half when we were well on top when had they played a better ball, the sort of ball that Arsenal, Liverpool are capable of playing, 
um, they would have been they would have been right in behind us. And it, it seems to be three things to me. One, we still don't press properly as a team um, for whatever reason. I, I'm not quite sure why. Um, maybe it's you know trying to deal with the new shapes and, and strategies that, that Conte has, but we still don't seem to press properly as a team. Um, players seem to be happy to to let players go by them and then try and chase back. So they tend to be on the wrong side of the player too often in a defensive situation. And um, and thirdly, we just, I don't know, we're just making unnecessary errors like Cahill did. You know, yeah. it, a combination of those things means that we, we, we've got an uphill struggle every time we play a decent side. I mean, the Liverpool game was bad, but you could argue we might have got a draw out of that. Whereas the Arsenal game was just, they were never in it really, were they? No, no, um, no. So, you know, then again, Conte, he, he's caught in the same trap that all managers are. Everyone expects him to turn it round within two games. It's going to take time. You know, we, we've got to have this transition period. Yeah. Um, I mean, we're all getting a bit like, you know, it's, it's interesting that it's, it's the Tory party conference this week. Um, and we're sounding a bit like, you know, certain members of the Tory party who seem to be harking back to the 60s, you know, the days or, or even earlier. They want another royal yacht sailing yeah. the world. They want grammar schools. They want all that sort of thing. We just want, you know, 10, 10 years ago back, don't yeah, we? We yeah. just want that certainty that every time we turn up to a game, we're going to win. It's, it's kind of it's kind of gone. Yeah. Whether it comes back, I don't know. You know, yeah. Abramovich has got a lot of money, but he's got nothing near the resources that some of the people now buying into football have. No. And you know, I'm not saying that buying policy doesn't have issues associated with it, but you know, uh, we've got to make there's a period of adjustment, and we've got to give him some time. You know, and um, uh, and I think the fans are more than willing to do that. I really do. Mm-hmm. Um, Quicker, I'm just going to bring you in now because um, I just wondered what your views, not only on on the start so far, but do you think there's a degree of false hope that's been built up here because because of the reasonable start we had? I mean, compared to last season, you can take your hooves off as well if you can. <laughs> yeah, well, I think Tony, you know that uh, probably commenting on the Tory Party conference is probably not the best thing for me to do at the moment. Um, but uh, I think. Maths was never never really a great passion of mine, but I think it's been a season of thirds. I wrote an article a few weeks ago, um, actually praising Antonio Conte, just saying that um, he was a guy who was actually doing some proper managing. Now, the reason why I said that is because before Swansea, um, I felt that the performances that we'd shown, despite the fact that they'd been strewn with a few errors had revealed a lot about our character in terms of having to recover games where we'd made mistakes. And when we found our feet in those games, uh, we put the opposition under so much pressure. West Ham, um, uh, uh, Watford um, and Leicester. Um, we put them under a tremendous amount of pressure and it was a glimpse of what we may well be able to do a game um, in the new year. Now, we had 
a real setback against Arsenal and Liverpool. Um, I think the Liverpool goal is one of the worst I've ever seen conceded in football. Um, I had the misfortune while uh, while we were having our Skype issues of looking at a photo of just where our defence was positioned for that goal. Um, and I think it was somewhere in Sloan Square. Um, <laughs> you know, uh, but I think we have to bear this in mind. I also had a look at some of the statistics, which I think backed up what I was saying about it being a season of segments, because before Swansea, Hazard uh, had completed the most dribbles, the most successful dribbles in the league. Uh, William had created the most chances in the league, not just in ch- amongst Chelsea players, but in the league as a whole. Um, and we were, there's a nice little association building up between Hazard and Azpilicueta. So things were going well to a degree. I think just going back to what uh, Donal uh, said, he made a really, really interesting point about going back to that need for certainty. I think these are our Schadenfreude years. You know, the things that we used to be so strong at, we're now being punished for. We used to have such a strong defence, and now we're looking at Spurs, you know, this, the side that we used to think were so lily-livered, having the strongest defence in the league. You know, we used to force errors off other sides, and now other sides are forcing errors off us. I was actually also listening to Gary Cahill as well. I was doing a lot while that Skype connection broke. Um, <laughs> um, you see how... You see how I come prepared. Um, but uh, Gary Cahill was, I mean, if I wasn't listening uh, impassively, I would have thought the man was in tears. I mean, he's really, really upset about his, his current form. Um, I mean, he really is. I mean, he's, he was talking about, this was with Five Live, he's talking about the simplicity of the errors that he's making. And while he knows that he can correct them, uh he was talking about how frustrated he is uh, by them. So, so the players know what's going on. Yeah. And I think the the issue that, I, you know, I, I don't want to be one of these people who is ludicrously optimistic, but I try to keep things in perspective because that character that we showed against West Ham, against Watford, against Leicester, uh, even against Swansea when things were turning against us, I think that that character is very, very revealing. And I think it will, will come back and play a part later in the year because we will make mistakes it's only been six or seven games that you know we and and you have to look at city as well at sides like that they played virtually nobody i mean somebody was saying yesterday that they played uh 20th 19th 18th 16th and i think uh 15th and then uh 6th with man united so let the league settle uh let's have our run which we can see coming up in december and let's see where we are then. Um, it's worrying that we're conceding the goals we're conceding. But as I said, that character is, I think, is, uh, is something that I think is a very, very strong foundation. And Conte won't tolerate these kind of mistakes. I think we have to be very clear about that. I think he, he was very, very angry against after Arsenal. Um, and I think you can see the, the work that he's put in to try and get those players to have a bit of discipline. And the, and the result was that we kept a clean sheet against Swansea. All right, brilliant. Thank you, Kwaku. Um, and yeah, if you could go on mute, because um, you're obviously, <laughs> you sound like you're in Oxford Street or something. Um, but it came across clear enough, don't worry. Um, yeah, so, uh, over back to you, Clayton. Um, have we seen, for example, amongst all of them comments, I mean, found quite interesting that um, what at least you or, or Donald mentioned potentially still, you know, the fragility from last season, and yet um, we seem to have seen something of the return of the Eden Hazard that we know and love. Um, we've seen Costa 
um, who, who must be topping the table in the scoring charts or very close to the top because he seems to be getting... I think he is for the Premier League. Yeah. In the league. Um, he, he still has this, he still has this penchant, you know, for silly yellows as far as I can see. Um, but I'm not sure we can ever remove that, but, that but, kind of but character. They're, they're, they're not, he's not getting into the ongoing, like, niggly fights. You know, a lot of his yellows used to be for sort of vaguely violent conduct. Yeah. Whereas I think this season, most of it has been, you know, like 10 players will run past the referee and call him a complete, you know, whatever. Yeah. And then as soon as Costa does it, the yellow card comes out. Yeah. So he's just got to stop jabbing at the refs um, because he's, he doesn't seem to be getting into these long, drawn-out battles where he ends up, you know, having a sly dig at someone and things like that, which would get him into trouble. You know, he does seem a lot more focused. I think it's just dissent is, you know, yeah. is catching him out, you know, where people like Vardy can, on TV, call the referee or, or whatever and, and get away with it. I'm not saying there's a bias. I just mean that, you know, he's he's got to just realise that they're going to give him a yellow card for it. Yeah. So, but so, up. But he's very focused and his form is brilliant. He's he's been fantastic. So I'll be so I'll be brutal in Clayton. What do you think, um, Costa Hazard? I mean, what from from the sort of existing pool? We're going to talk about the new players in in the kind of second part or whatever. But out of the old if you like, from the players from last season, have you seen any returns, not even just improvements, but returns to um, former glories for any of them? I'll, I'll start the ball off by rolling, if you like, by saying that um, I, I still think we should get rid of Oscar. I think the bloke has... I, can't, I still can't see it. I can't remember a game he has changed or has you know gone in with a, a fantastic attitude and to him alone has, has sort of led the line in, in either us winning or coming back or getting back into the game. And what I see is a bloke who had a couple of good starts and has sort of reverted back into this rather lightweight, um, sloppy, ball-losing player I, that I just cannot find myself getting attached to in any way. Clayton? Um, I think the the thing with Oscar is is really... It's it's marmite, isn't it? I like Oscar. I'm continually frustrated that he doesn't do the things that you're talking about. Um, but I don't think he's been any better or any worse than he was last year. And I do actually think that this year, perhaps I'm going to contradict myself. I think he's worked a lot harder. Um, I think in certain games, Swansea, I remember he was tackling back a lot. And I think the one the one thing that's been quite strange, and not answering your question, I'm just going off on a tangent, is the fact that when we started the season that our pressing against West Ham was extraordinary. It was like, oh my God, this is, you know, this is something great. And then it's got less and less as the weeks have gone on. So whether that's him just feeling his way in formations, I don't know. Um, looking at the players from last season, who's got better, who's got worse. I, I, the only, I mean, Costa, as from Christmas, the minute that Jose left the building, Costa um, started playing again. Uh, and he was very good in the second half of last season, but he's been outstanding this season. The bookings, he's had three for dissent and one for a foul against Swansea. Ah, that's um, interesting. Which, which basically was, you know, that he was fouled seven times in that game, seven times where the referee gave it, uh, but he was kicked from pillar to post, and, and that, yeah. was, that was a disgrace, that game. But he gets no protection. He gets no protection at all. Um, 
So he's been fantastic. Eden started the season off really, really well, and then against Liverpool, and Arsenal just went into hiding. I don't know what happened to him or why, whether he wasn't up for it, whether he didn't get the ball as much. I think one of the problems that we've got is a transition from um, defence to attack. It's too slow. It's still too slow. Um, we, we're in desperate need of pace. Um, and maybe with Moses coming into the side, we've got a bit more pace. Um, and I, th- I think although he is getting still getting slaughtered, I think Matic is, is playing quite well this season. I, I, I don't really understand why he's being dug out so much. I think the one thing that um, I would be quite interested in seeing is in the title winning season when everybody said, oh, he's not got back to that sort of form, I'm sure he was doing a similar sort of job as to what he's doing now. Mm. I don't think that, you know, I think people are sort of being a bit rose-tinted glasses about him. He's very good. He breaks play up and he's getting back in that. The movement that he showed, um, albeit against a pretty non-existent um, hull resistance uh, leading up to the Costa goal, was fantastic. Yeah. You know, and, 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 and people forget the, the goal mm. against Liverpool. Yeah. That was down to him breaking into the box and flicking the ball back. Oh, I, I agree, and I think, I think that's one of the I, things... I think, I, think, I think when they retire the John Mikel fun bus, yeah. um, I will personally <laughs> drive it into the paint shop and uh, it will come out the other side, you know, branded as the, uh, the Matic, Matic fun. Yeah. I'm on, I'm on the bus for Matic. Yeah, I, I think so as well. I, I've, I've had my ups and downs I've, with any player, but in general, I think, you know, it, he, he was obviously something traumatised him about that, 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 you know, dreadful Burnley incident a couple yeah. of years ago. Yeah. Um, but he's fighting his way back. And I think, oh, the other thing as well, he's, he's trying to adjust to the fact that he doesn't have to do any, everything anymore because, of course, N'Golo Kante's in there now to, uh, yeah. to that. Uh, we'll, yeah. we'll, we'll, we'll move on to that in, in, in the next one. And week, I think so. they're forming a bit of a partnership. Yeah. Personally. Yeah. Um, you, you've, uh, one thing I just, I want to mention actually though is, is that, um, and Kweku very, very, eloquently pointed out this kind of schadenfreude um, situation you know we were built on fantastic defence and now we're anything but a fantastic defence and one of the things that disappointed me so much with the first few Conte games was the fact that um, he stuck with this square peg round hole philosophy which just seems such an arrogant um, thing for, for almost every manager seems to think that they know better than everybody else and says no if that player can play at left back well he can surely play at right back and we know that as Piliqueta last season playing at left back every defence that when he bombed down the wing everybody knew that he was going to have to cut in everybody knew it and they did something about it um, and Ivanovic bless him um, I feel like I'm talking about you know my old pet dog here right who's sort of so, sitting in the corner by the fire with his eyes lolling and his tongue hanging out and you know there's, there's, you kind of know there's not long to go now but you sort of you want to remain <laughs> loyal and I just we're, feel, in, Jack, we're in Jack London territory here yeah, the, old, old yellow yeah I just I just think you know um, it was good to see him dropped and as much as I don't you know some people see it as a bit of a come down for him I just think it was something that we should should have done earlier and I think he should Conti should have the balls to sit him down and say listen you're on the bench you're, you're you're a squad player. You're certainly not certainly not a vice captain. That's for absolutely certain. Um, and he was targeted last season because of his lack but, of pace and whatever. Tony, and he's been targeted again, isn't he? So, Tony, yeah. do you not think? I mean, I think you're right, and 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 it's been a, a, a source of just bemusement as to how one manager after the other has kept playing Branner when he hasn't been playing very well. 
But do you not think, as far as Conte was concerned, because he came to us late after the Euros, he had a duty to the senior players to actually let yes. them play? Yeah, and, yeah. That is, and that that's a, what he did. Yeah. And then he's actually seen them close up for six games and gone, mm, okay, right. yeah. I need to change something. And so I think that's, I, that's a good point. I've actually got written down here, is Conte sussing the lie of the land before tearing the house down for the next season? In other words, you know, he's going to try and get through, aim for the top four for this season, and then he's got an entire close season with which to go and play with him. And I'm going to ask Kweku if he's there. Um, if he's got a he view is. on that, actually, yeah. Do you, what do you think about that view that Conti's basically biding his time um, before he sets about really tearing the house down um, for next season? I think I think it's a very interesting point, and I think there's some merit to it. I think um, just two points on that. There, there are certain journalists you should always pay attention to when they talk about Chelsea, whether you agree with them or not. Uh, one of them is Jason Burt um, of the Telegraph. I think the other one is Sam Wallace. And Jason Burt was saying on Sunday that uh, Abramovich and Conte have obviously spoken. Um, and Conte had very clear ideas about what he wants to do with the team and what signings he wants to bring in. Um, and he's been very patient um, in what he's taken. But uh, January um, seems to be the month where the club are really going to be very, very busy. Um, and Bert said this with some degree of force. So I suspect we're not going to be hanging around much longer um, with signings. Um, in terms of the actual the, the sort of grander point, um, I think, of course, because John Terry, as much as you know, he's... Uh, uh, you know, he's one of the greatest defenders I've seen, um, and not just at Chelsea, but in football. Um, he can't carry on forever. Uh, Rana, you know, I mean, his decline. Um, well, I, I really don't like the way people are abusing him um, on Twitter and all the rest of this, because there are certain players who you have to respect for what they've done for the club. Um, his decline Absolutely, has been, yeah. you know, his. I just think it's a way of treating people. You know, I mean, this guy's given everything for this football club, and you know, for people to start talking him, talking about him as if he's some kind of leper, I think it's disgraceful. But that's another matter yeah. altogether. Um, I entirely agree. agree with you that. know, I uh, his decline has been evident since as far back as 2011. Michael Cox wrote an article back in 2011 um, when we played Manchester United. I don't know if you remember the game where uh, we, we, we were we clawed back a, an enormous gap. I think it's almost a 15 to 21 point gap on United. We played them at Old Trafford and they beat us 2-1. Um, and uh, that, was a, that was a game where David Luiz held up his hands to Carlo Ancelotti and was hauled at half-time. Um, Michael Cox did an article then saying how Ivanovic's pace was being exposed and how teams were allowing Chelsea to give him the ball because they knew that he, he, he wasn't a threat, he wasn't an outball, and he would slow everything down for us. So it's clear that these players are going to have to very slowly and very painfully for a lot of us uh, move on. Um, and this will have to be the season. But I don't think we need to do it all in one go. Uh, I think the point that all of you have mentioned, and it, it can't be stressed enough, is we need leadership in that side. There are not enough leaders in that team. If, if Terry is out of that team, who's the captain? You know, Gary Cahill... Um, people were talking about him at Bolton, uh, Sam Allardyce would have to stop a training session to allow Gary Cahill to speak. And this is what Kevin Davis was saying, that this was, the guy had to, you know, be heard in that way. Um, I, there are no immediate characters who I see as, as being captain. I think that's the reason why Branner and Terry are, are still there. 
because they're the only ones who can transmit what Conte is trying to say to the other players. And that's what it's not just about shouting. It's actually being able to uh, interpret what your manager wants you to do and transmit it to the other players while also doing your, your job at the same time. So we do need to transition. We're going to get some players soon, uh, if not in January, certainly at the end of the season. Um, I think the best way of managing it is by gently easing people like Branner out of the side, unless they perform. If they perform, they can stay, obviously. Uh, but if they're not, then obviously we need to bring Asby back to right back and we need to bring Marcus Alonso into the team uh, and start building that platform. But as I said, I can't stress this enough. You know, one of the things that we as Chelsea supporters have always been noted for by our own players, if not by other people, is we respect our players. And um, I think we need to be doing that a bit more with Branagh. If we don't like the way he's playing, that's fine. But don't abuse the guy. Um, he he well needs, said, yeah. you know... Same thing happened with Cahill as well. Yeah. I think Cahill and Branner are two players whose form hasn't changed from last season. Yeah. Um, I don't mean that they don't care or whatever. I just mean they're struggling with their, with their form for whatever reason. Yeah. Um, I think most other players... I think Willian is would be difficult for him to match some of his play last year, and his mother's very ill apparently, but he's doing fine. I, I don't have an issue with him. I think most of the players have shown some sort of incremental change over last season. Maybe Courtois is still a, a worry, but everyone else, I'd say, you know, I, I think is in yeah. at least one or two games has shown some sort of I, form. I, so. I've... I'm with you actually because yeah. I've actually I've seen enough from Courtois and 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 a few saves that he's made um, that were very very good um, and I think you know if I mean get, Saturday yeah yeah, yeah if, you get, saves, if you yeah, certainly get a settled if you get a settled defence and you get this uh, I mean uh, uh, the two things that come out of of what we just discussed for me certainly I think Conte is, is biding his time he does not seem like a hysterical man doesn't seem like a uh, he's not going to do a, a, a Jonathan Kidd and, and say it's not working for me and get up and walk out um, he's, he's <laughs> he, he looks very thoughtful he looks like the sort of bloke that actually would look at Bramovich in the eye and say things need to change otherwise you're never going to ever you know you need to look at I wouldn't be surprised if there's a, uh, a kind of internal influence coming from Conte about the governance around the football side of the club as well he looks to me like he's a very much a man who knows what he wants. Tony, can I just jump in there? Yeah, That's right. just, yeah. Just, just something that Conte, just about Conte. Um, one of his famous quotes when he was at Juventus, um, and one of the reasons why he actually left Juventus, is that uh, Juventus had got to the stage where they just saturated the uh, Serie A with their, with their dominance. Um, and he said to the, to the board... Um, Obviously, we want to win the Champions League, but I can't go to a £100 table with £10 players. Um, and I, I don't see... He's obviously a very strong-willed man. I, I can't see him coming to Chelsea. Um, and as patient as he is, knowing that Abramovich has deep pockets, and still has deep pockets, uh, by the way, because we're still we're a pretty rich club, um, despite being out of the Champions League, um, I can't see him coming to Chelsea and saying... All oh, right, I'll just manage with these with these players. I think he clearly said to Abramovich, "These are the players that I want. I'm prepared to wait, but I'm coming here on the condition that you get me the players that I need to give you what you want." I can't see him just coming and saying, "Well, I'll figure it out with these kind of players," especially yeah. after what happened. Even don't, don't don't you think history and, and last season with you know things like Falcao and Pato being parked at Chelsea? Don't you think that 
history has demonstrated that there are other people in Abramovich's orbit, um, super agents and the like, who who the, I have always got a suspicion have a great deal of influence and that some of the purchasing of players or not purchasing of players often revolves around not what the, the coach stroke manager wants, but what suits um, other people's businesses, if you know what I mean. Particularly now you're into an era of third-party ownership and all that sort of stuff. And I'm not convinced that, that Conte will necessarily get who he wants um, if it doesn't suit certain other individuals for those players to be bought. I, Plus, I, I think I think in January, January is always a difficult time to buy players as uh, well. Um, I think we might have to wait till the summer. I think there's a... I was just going to jump I in there with a, with, there's a really good point that was made on the fan cast the other week by um, the renowned Dan Levine, who I'm hoping to get on, 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 on here as a guest as well, um, in that, you know, during the close season, um, a lot of the players that they the club approached did not want to join Chelsea. It wasn't a matter of how much money you could throw them. They did not want to join Chelsea. Now, whether that's because lack of Champions League football or because they just looked and thought basket case club or because they were having... Um, conversations with the likes of, of Manchester <coughs> City. You know, Manchester City, we always had this thing like, you know, if you're not in the Champions League, you can't attract the best players. Well, Manchester City were out of the Champions League for years, but they've managed to attract the players in by virtue of the fact that they can throw money at them. And, you know, it's it's starting to gel now. Um, but I, I just look at this and I think that I just get this feeling that Conte is, in a way, he's, he's building very slowly from the inside. You know, he, he's he's actually saying, now I'm here. I can advise on these things and say, actually, what we need to do is this, this, and this. And I think the fact that, I mean, it, there was a lot of stuff going around last week. We're saying, oh, you know, there's a load of rubbish being spouted about, you know, Conti, um, Conti and Abramovich have had lunch. Well, listen, Abramovich has always been that sort of person yes. to go and yeah. discuss yeah. this it, with, with It coaches. must have been some lunch, given that it lasted for three days. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I just think I, I just think any any owner is going to want to take, you know, and he's, he's probably taken a more active interest in the football side of it at times than we would like but there are other clubs where I think the, you know they, they would possibly like their owners to take a little bit more care about the football and less about the brand and the sponsorship and all that old rubbish um, I so mean I, I wonder you know obviously Conte will want and it comes back to the leadership question will probably want a couple of his his in inverted commas players in the team people he can yeah you know he can he can work through as it were but when you look at you've got Christensen at Wolfs, Wolfsburg and yeah. you know most people seem to be of the opinion that he he is a, a proper player with you know real potential yeah. and well capable of making it in the Premier League. You've still got people like Thomas Callas who's down at, at yeah. Fulham who is apparently doing very well. In, interestingly, Fulham's form sort of defensively seemed to fall away when he got injured a couple of weeks yeah. ago. Yeah. Um, we've we've got certain players, and I'm not here talking about oh, we've got to bring in the whole youth team. I'm saying there are players who have developed, as in Christensen, who they can bring in. Could I just jump in there? Um, Because I think think this is a really, really important point that you're making. It's not just about spending the money. You know, I don't don't want us to go and spend £100 million on on the next big thing if it doesn't fit what we're trying to do. One of the criticisms that I have of the way we've done things from time to time, because it's not always been the case, we have actually spotted some very good talent at reasonable prices. I mean, Whatever happened to Kevin De Bruyne, we still got him for 7.5 million. Courtois as well, we got them yeah. at you know, very, very cheap prices. We need to be looking at players um, who can contribute something, even if they don't 
cost 20, 30 million pounds. I mean, Tottenham, you know, getting Alderweireld, who is probably one of the best defenders in the league, you know, he wasn't a 20 million pound player. This was somebody doing their homework, saying, let's look at this guy. What can he give to our team? We bring him in. And I think we've been very, very poor at that for the last couple of years, looking at value in the transfer market. Not, you can bring players in, you don't always have to spend £100 million. You can look around the market. There are a lot of good European players around, um, you know, who, with a bit of decent scouting, we can bring into that side. And of course, as you were saying, we've got all those youth players. We've got, uh, I mean, Chalaber, you know, we've not really looked at him. Christensen is, is you know, everybody who, I, who I've spoke to, read anything um, about who has any knowledge of football, has been saying this guy has been tearing up Germany um, for the last year or two. Um, we've got quality all over the place. We really need to start looking at it and assessing what it can do and not be frightened um, if they make the odd mistake. We have to start taking chances on these people because it will save us a lot in the long run. I, th- I think that you make a fantastic point. I think, and I don't know if I'm being slightly um, deluded here, but I do actually think that the Gilabodji and Hector transfers were a watershed because I don't think that anything more ridiculous has happened at a, a, a supposed top team than that per- the, those two purchases on the last... I've got two term. words for you, Clayton. Go on. Jemba and Jemba. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's, that's a very fair point, but that yeah. was the exception rather than the... Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, you know, the, the thing is that what you say is, is, is 100% correct because when we played Arsenal the other week, I looked at Granite Jacker, who, I don't know, he was on nobody's radar. What a fabulous player. You know, he came in. I know he wasn't cheap, but he wasn't that expensive. And we shouldn't overlook the fact that we have done a lot of good business. The fact that, that we sold a lot of players is, is, uh, is down to all sorts of factors. We have built a decent squad. But we haven't utilised it properly. We, we, I mean, the, the going back over old ground, the, the absolute criminal exclusion of our youth players during the second half of last season, when that season was dead, was beyond Absolutely bonkers. Right. Beyond right. bonkers. Um, and the fact that everybody's going slightly cuckoo about how great Victor Moses is, I'm. Basically, I'm, I'm slightly more guarded. I think Victor Moses has given the side a bit of energy. I'm talking about mm. pace. And he, he sticks out more because he basically is fast and he's getting stuck in. I'm still not 100% convinced he's what we need. But I was thinking back to when we had the great teams of 2004, 2005. Do you remember Jeremy? You know, yeah. he, was, he was that sort of player. And, and Thiago, again, you know. You wouldn't ordinarily say, oh, he's a fantastic it's, player. We must go and buy him. It, but, you know, it's, it's that, like it's that, that quote again, isn't it? The Laurie yeah. McMenemy quote that you need um, seven road sweepers and four violinists. Isn't that? Yeah. You know, and we don't have enough road sweepers. We, we're not filling that side. seems full of them at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're not. We're, uh, we're kind of half and half, aren't we? we yeah. They're neither. Some of them are neither road sweepers nor violinists. And we need to find that a better a better balance because for me, we've we've got a few. I mean, Hazard is is you know this guy is a is a quality player. But one of the things that frustrates me is everybody expects so much of him, and the reason why they expect so much of him is because there's nobody who's even close to his level. And I've been screaming for years that we need players 
who can associate with this guy. When we had Mata, right, Hazard was in fantastic form. But Mata is gone. We've not really replaced him with anybody. And in fact, one of the players they were saying that Conte is demanding is what, what I guess we would call a Trequatista fourth fantasy player, number 10, whatever you want to call them, um, to associate with this guy. Because if he has to do it all himself, he's going to get frustrated. Um, he's going to have to be under so much pressure and eventually the form will drop. So we need to be looking at this, getting this guy some support. Um, and as I said, with the rest of the team, rather than sign players for £20 million who are so-so, let's bring Chalibur in. Um, if he produces, keep him there. If Loftus-Cheek produces or he doesn't produce, then you put him in the team or you take him out of the team. But let's not spend money on when we're not getting value. Can you I, know, let's get I, value or fair use. I just want to jump in here quicker because I've actually espoused this for years and, and, and had the whole thing and I'm going to move into some of the players now actually to what we call part two I, I mean we literally got about ten minutes to go we obviously we're trying to stick it to the hour or whatever but but um, one of the things that really galls me is this um, penchant that the, the, the money coming to the Premier League has got people are going to go out and it's going to equalise everything I've got no objection to that but people put the price up the minute you, you approach them you know, you're almost having to do deals in secret. Now, I work for a company where we have to do that because when we approach a landlord in order to put um, to use their their land for one of our sites, um, if they know who it is, they'll take the attitude of, well, if you're prepared to pay 20 grand a year rent, you're prepared to pay 50 grand a year rent. You know, it's that kind of mentality. But um, we should be looking. I think, and I'll, I'll go. I've got a list of the players. Just, well, David Louise, Engolo Canty, Michi Batshuayi. Um, is it, is it Marcus Alonso or Mar- Marcel? I can't remember his first name now. Marcus, yeah. Marcus Alonso, um, who we bought in. Now, every one of those I've got a tick against. Every single one of them. And David Louise, who is yet another target, like Mikel and to some degree Cahill and Ivanovic for the Boo Boys, who never really did anything much wrong the first time around. In fact, played with pretty much a broken bloody leg to get us through yes. the Champions League final and still took, has taken the greatest penalty I've ever seen a Chelsea player take yeah. with a run-up that was twice the length of a cricket pitch and nearly, you know, had Neuer got his hand to it, he may well have found himself, um, you know, with, 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 in the back of the net with the ball. All I'm saying with is... With a popped hamstring. Absolutely. I think that with David Luiz, um, for, for example, people are saying, oh, are you bringing him back for... If, if Antonio Conte cannot develop him into the next Puyol... Then why is he a coach? What's his job? Yeah. yeah, yeah. And I look at this and I think you all talk. You know, you've been you've been mentioning sort of value for money players. Branislav Ivanovic was a value player. In fact, yeah. for the first six months of his tenure at Chelsea, I thought he was like a badger, like a kind of made-up mythical creature that just hung around somewhere that we'd never see. And I only seven point five million pounds exactly. And he's turned out to be a fan. Oh, whoa, quicker! You, you, you yeah, know, sorry, that's. You, Gale false win there. You're not anywhere near this um, hurricane in Haiti, are you? No, no, it's the, it's the baked beans. <laughs> right, okay. Um, oh, lovely. What a nice thought. Um, but that's the kind of thing. So I'll, I'll, I'll tell you, I've got David Louise, uh, and I've written good or bad. Me, good. I'm, I was pissed off, and Clayton knows this, and Donal knows this, that we sold him, but accepted that 50 million quid or whatever it was was too good to turn down. But he was an entertainer, a character. I think he's a natural next captain because he's got a gob and he's got attitude. Um, N'Golo Kante pretty much one of the deals of the century because he is I think going to be better than Makaleli. I think he's got 
something that Makaleli never really I think had. He's a, he's a different player. Yeah, he's a different player. Yeah, but, yeah, but he's, he's got pace. Good. But he's he, 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 he's he, got he, his goal scoring ability. Yeah, he's got his goal scoring ability. I mean, I, I just think I think we need to be a bit more emotional about Ingolo Kante. I think yeah. he, I, he, you know, he's two players. You know, the guy. I mean, he's the kind of guy who. You know, you can tell that after the match, he probably runs home. You know, just to yeah. him down. Um, yeah. he, he, he's just immense, and this yeah. is the reason why I think, as I said, we need to get this side right because there's so many seeds there for something, and it'd be criminal if we don't get it right by getting the right players around them. Yeah. I've also, I've got mm. a quick mention for um, Batshuayi and Alonso. Alonso, for me, is Conti going for square pegs in square holes. You know, so we can actually put Aspi at right back where he belongs, where his natural position is, and 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 with Alonso, we've now. Got, I mean, I've, I was, you know, I would have loved to have seen Philippe Luis there, and I think Clayton has always agreed with me on the fact that now there was a man that we go back to or sold back to Atletico Madrid that has had been in fantastic form and had one major advantage over every other left back I've seen play for us, and that was he could cross a ball. He could actually yeah. put a ball in the box rather than it in the first man. And against Liverpool, I've got so tired of the times watching Ivanovic trying to put a cross in and it just being a grass cutter and hitting a Liverpool player. And I'm, why, why are you doing that? Can you not see that he could put something in there? We've got Costa in there, for example, or whatever. So, you know, for me, I've seen some, some, some interesting buys. And I would like to see... I, I certainly... Um, Joe Tweeds wrote a fantastic article um, in the close season about um, Chalabar. Okay. Um, and I think Lewis Baker's been making a big name for himself. And I, I cannot pronounce this, but I think it's Olna Ayana. I think that's his name. Yeah. Um, yeah. Who, who is that? Yeah. And I think the one that's probably not done enough to, to justify his position. And it seems Loftus to have gone a bit, billy- yes, Ruben's Loftus cheek, of course, which, and you said <laughs> it yourself, and I read it in your book, but I know you said it anyway, but you said it in his, in, in the, in the wonderful, um, palpable Discord of Clayton, that he's a player that does not, we, no one seems to know where he belongs. Position-wise, I, th- I think I think that's the biggest problem, and why the youth coaches aren't getting more of a say, uh, or maybe they are, and they're just being ignored. But but this guy, I mean, he against Leicester in the cup recently, he was hopeless, and that wasn't his fault. He was he's basically being. I mean, Conte for some reason thinks he can be a second striker. That I haven't seen any evidence in anything at all as to why people think that can be the case. This guy is a unit. He should be moving from the back forward. You know, he should yeah. be. It's like Chalabar. You know, you've got Baker, Chalabar, and Ruben Loftus Cheek. These guys play for the England under 21s. Yeah. You know, Ruben Loftus Cheek seems to be able to play for the England under 21s. We don't seem to know where to, to, to put him. And maybe, you know, I think one of the things as fans that we see from the sidelines, we, we have to, we, we don't know. You know, we're only fans. We don't know. We have to read people's bodies and their language, and and his stinks, and and not his fault. I'm not saying uh, he doesn't care. I, I, yeah, go on. I mean, Sorry. I just I don't want to get into a Ruben Loftus Cheek smashing session, but I just want to say this, if if, if I may. Um, Nathaniel Chalobah has been at Chelsea since he was a kid. This guy has been on loan to Watford. He's been on loan to Napoli. He's been on loan to Burnley. Everywhere he's gone, apart from uh, Burnley for whatever reason, but everywhere he's gone, he's gone to play for Napoli. This is a serious club. And he's gone into that team and he's played. Now, I don't see why Chalaba has to go through all of that when 
Loftus Cheek basically hasn't done any of that, um, and and yet Chalobah only makes his his debut against against Leicester. I, I don't want to get into I don't want to get get into a spanking match about Loftus Cheek because the guy may turn out to be you know the next Ruth Hullet. But this is what I'm talking about. Someone like Chalobah has put in his has done his service, put in his yards, and he's treated like that. And I, I just don't understand that. No, well, I, I think I think that that's right, um, but I, I think that Conte obviously knew about Chalabar from Syria last year, um, and obviously heard good things about him because he wasn't shipped out on loan like all the other guys, um, and I think he is a serious contender to 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 break into the first team this year. I think you know where you've basically got maybe situations where Matic is injured or needs a rest or what have you, I think this guy can come in and do a job. Hello? Oh. Yeah. Yeah, we're, we're yeah okay. Oh, I thought, I thought we I thought had a doorbell yeah. ringing there somewhere. No, it's, yeah, no, I heard that's normally the, the Skype call. Anyway, I think, oh, right. I think the thing is that I think Conte does, does see, so I thought he was superb when he came on against Leicester. I yeah. thought he was actually, you know, from the manor born, as they yeah. say. Okay. Can I can I just add a little bit of more? Of course you can, Donald. Please can do. I, can I? I think what I'll call it is sprinkling a little a little stardust of twinkly Scottish optimism <laughs> in here. I I had the uh, the the pleasure. I went to the West Ham game. I don't get to many home games anymore. And there was two things that night. My favourite, possibly my favourite ever Chelsea player, Ricardo Carvalho, was the half-time guest. So that was uplifting enough. The late winner obviously uplifts you even more. And then I was uplifted further by, by, and when you think of his stature and his size, he did, he physically didn't uplift me, obviously. But I shared the walk down from the East Upper with uh, none other than Pat Nevin. Oh, oh working for, And uh, of course, he instantly recognized me as a, as a proper football man and, you know, Asked me how when the podding shed was coming back. <laughs> if only ever yeah, gone. <laughs> uh, so, so, some of this maybe maybe not quite true. <laughs> but what he did say, what he did say was that Batshui was going to be a a major major buy for the club. Yeah. He said they wanted to get him last year and couldn't. And he said right. that um, in his opinion, the guy's movement is is, is something exceptional. Did you hear about that Spurs uh, director of or one of their scouts or whatever who um, resigned from Tottenham? And amongst one of the reasons that came out in the press afterwards was his anger that they hadn't signed Batshuayi. Uh, Batshuayi. Um, I mean, this it was a, apparently a very serious thing for them. Um, they missed it was, out. It was guy. the guy that they got from Southampton. It was the scout they got in from Southampton. That's the one. That's the yeah. one. Yeah, and that was one of the main reasons he walked. Yeah, yeah. I'd heard oh. that. That's very but I also, there. I don't know if you saw that there was something in the paper today that, that there was a rumour that Conte doesn't fancy Batshuayi and he might go out on loan, which I find ridiculous. No, that's got to be crazy. That's, because, yeah. <laughs> I mean, every time... But the only thing I would say is he hasn't used him. Mm. You know, I mean, there, there's yeah. certainly the Liverpool game um, against Hull. He there has been one very big, been. very big Spanish reason for that. Um, but, uh, Diego Costa has been scoring yeah. goals left, right, and centre. Yeah, uh, but he'll get. I'm sure he'll get his time. I mean, yeah, you you said, but if you take Saturday as an example, we're two 0 up when we're coasting with 20 minutes to go, 15 minutes to go. You wouldn't have brought him on. 
maybe. I don't know. I'm going to jump in here because I actually uh, uh, I do want to move things on just a little bit. But also, I think the point that you, you both make is very fair. But I still I am convinced that we haven't seen a kind of archetypal Conti formation yet because he's still sussing these players out. And I think he'll get, he's probably just reached the point where putting three at the back at the weekend was well as whole. So let's see how it goes. But I think he is yet to. Um, show that kind of tactical flexibility and play the two up front because I think it's coming and I think he wants to be sure that that is going to be something because I for one and a lot of the fans that sit near me are desperate to see something other than this lone striker stuff because a very good defence will snuff out a lone striker I don't care how good that striker is yeah, and we were pretty good at doing it with Luis Suarez we were quite good at holding him out of out of a game Um and arguably, you know, possibly the best striker in the world, you know. I think, I think a lot of that, a lot uh, of yeah, that yeah. depends on speed of the ball coming yeah, down. Yeah, I guess it does. And I think but, one of the problems yes. they've got is in the back three they've got at the moment, and I know it's on Saturday, much as I like Azpilicueta, etc. His, his, his ball playing, and, and because you're three at the back, you can go to the wing backs, but if they push up, you're really looking to put the ball quite a long way down the middle to, to someone like Matic or... Um, or the, the, the wingers coming in, and uh, Aspilicueta wasn't able to do that. Cahill probably doesn't quite have that ability. Terry did, um, and Louise does. Um, so, and, until he gets the three players at the back that he wants, who can play the ball the way you need to in that system, um, you're not going to see that. that that's when the, the player playing up on his own becomes effective because you're transferring the ball maybe one two passes up to him, and then you're getting around him. But as I'm long as they in- have to keep coming deep, because they, I, they can't trust the back players to play the ball out properly, you're going to I'm not, I'm not entirely sure that this three at the back business, I mean, I'll I, I declare an interest here, I, I really don't like three at the back. Um, I think it exposes you um, against sides who actually have decent wide players, and the Premier League is full of them. Um, but if we are going to play that way... Um, we need to move this ball quicker. We are. Uh, this is the. Uh, this is one of the things I was saying earlier about Hazard. We, we we don't move the ball quickly. We're very very slow moving the ball from midf- uh, from defence to midfield, um, and you know we need to get that right for this to work. Because otherwise, it won't matter whether you play four, three, five, six, seven at the back. Um, you know, it, it will still look the same. Um, we need to get somebody who can circulate the ball quickly, who's got a knife for a pass, and that can actually move with it, because Fabregas can do that. My only criticism of Chess, and I love his attitude, especially this season, is that he doesn't move quickly enough. We need players who can pass the ball and then move on as well. But yes. I, I think I think that's part of the reason as to why we've had difficulties, certainly against Arsenal, Um is the fact that Conte is playing a system at the moment that he hasn't got the players to play. So yeah. the, the bringing the ball out from the back with yeah. Branagh and Cahill, if you substitute them for two players who can actually move the ball quickly, it works. But it can't work with those guys. It's very sad. But if he, he wants to play in a certain way, and I yeah. think... I don't think that we will rigidly play three at the back. I no, think no, do he, I. he basically had... Hull away, and Hull, God bless them, are poor. 
and he probably knew that they wouldn't put the pressure on like other teams did and so that allowed him to play in the way that he played but it is very interesting that was a statistic from Saturday that Marcus Alonso created more chances than anybody else on the pitch which was mm. which was uh which was interesting and it was good to see him play but I I don't think when we play against uh, the other more sort of powerful sides that he he'll risk that until he's got who he wants in there uh, I agree. Yeah. I think right. it's, it's it's been interesting, um, gents. We've been going for an hour and six minutes, um, so I'm going to do the um, a, a quick um, few few parish notice about iTunes, etc., um, and then a quick AOB, um, and then um, I think we'll call it a day because otherwise we're going to lose our listener and who, who has just tweeted me to say he's he's very keen to hear us again. Um, but um, so just to move on to the parish notices, um, if you like what you've heard, and and there are literally seventy-seven of these episodes, including one we discussed in the Cock Inn um, at the Liverpool game, which was our ghost episode, um, which we, we're convinced is hidden away and archived away somewhere, so that someone can make some money out of it later on. Poor deluded soul. Um, you can find us um, on iTunes. Just um, look for the Podding Shed. Um, it's usually in there about a day or two after our um, dear leader Nick. Um, gets hold of it, remasters it, puts it through all of the digital synthesizers and etc. Um, and you'll find it at poddingshed.com as well. Um, we'll give a quick plug for the Chelsea Supporters Trust. I am a member, um, and um, my um, friends, um, David Lord Chidgy, um, is the uh, is he the chair now? Clayton? Yeah, he's the new chairman. As we're old blokes, can I just ask, is there a T on the end of that? The Chelsea yeah. Supporters Trust. Tr- trust. <laughs> yeah, I've been yeah. watching... Watch you need bit, to make that clear, Tony. Yeah, I know. think my accent... Uh, someone noted to me a day at work, um, it's, it's, it's gone a bit more London because I spent um, the, the weekend pretty much on my own because my wife was in, in, in France and uh, I, I spent most of it watching Peaky Blinders which is not a London accent, but um, Tom Hardy plays a kind of Jewish gang leader called Alfie Solomons in it. Just utterly mesmerising. So I watched the film Legend, where he plays the twins, Ronnie and Reggie, and again, utterly mesmerising. I found myself sitting there going, all right, how are you doing, sort of thing. So, um, yes, yeah, so Chelsea Supporters Trust. Um, if you join the Trust, um, it's a chance to get your voice heard by the club. Um, it's £5 to become a voting member per year. So um, God knows what that works out about a, a day, you know, 12p a day or something ridiculous. Um, or it's free for non-voting members. Um, you can sign up at ChelseaSupportersTrust.com, um, which allows you to attend the meetings and talk to Chidge face-to-face and buy him a pint and um, and vote on the issues that directly affect you um, uh, as a Chelsea supporter. So, um, you know, it's always worthwhile the £5 to get your voice heard. Um, and they do have quite a good representation into the club to talk about the mat- the actual matters that, that affect fans. Um, you can also follow them on Twitter um, at Chelsea S Trust. Um, we're going to have a few plans for future guests. I said this last season, but I've had some very kind offers um, since uh, since uh, um, Mark, um, you know, uh, threw the microphone on the floor and and, and walked off um, into Great, a, gracefully retired. Uh, yeah, grace, gracefully retired. That's right. Um, and, and we to do bake his, to bake his scones. Yes, yes, he's, scones. He's, he's, He's there. He, he'll be, he's the new Paul Hollywood, I think. Um, yes. And if you've ever met him, he has that kind of um, chap 
charm about him, I think is fair to say. Um, but we're going to be looking for the likes of Chidge and Dan Silva and Martin Wickham. Um, and of course, we have hopefully um, uh, uh, our, our female friend. Uh, we've got Kweku on board as well, and it's been a pleasure tonight, Kweku. Um, Thank you very even, much. Even if, yes. some, even if it is very lonely in the bus station, wherever you are. <laughs> <laughs> they, they've just let me out the wind tunnel. Yeah. So, um, uh, but uh, it has been very good and very entertaining um, and some v- very, very good thoughts. And it'll be a pleasure. Um, and hopefully, um, maybe at the next game, we'll, we'll be out. And I know you don't drink, but we'll be able to meet up in the pub and have a natter. Um, Absolutely. It'll be good to, good to meet up face to face. Have a word with Wee next time okay. I'm wandering um, down the stairs with him to see if he'll come on. <laughs> Indeed. Yeah. Um, I think it's fair to say I've thoroughly enjoyed tonight um, and um, the hosting thing was it crossed my it was crossing my mind of you know do I want to sort of carry on do I want to get a reputation as being you know the Chris Evans of the podding shed you know having taken over from the hosting duties from Johnny and, and everybody sort of then just sitting again oh well I used to like the other bloke um, and god it was it was it was so much better when it was under him um, but I've decided to give it a go and uh, I pick up a fair few tips as, as no doubt people will notice because I'm, I'm quite becoming a regular on the fan cast as well now as a guest which is a completely different you know, ball game. It's an absolute joy of being on the other side and not having to worry about trying to write intros and, and keep the flow of the conversation going. Um, Can I give you a word of caution, Tony? Yes, um, please do. I in no way want to inhibit your many media appearances, but and obviously he's not. He's anything but a Chelsea fan. He's a West Ham fan. James Corden. Oh, you know, James Gordon, yes. Over ex, over exposed. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I was, I was thinking more of the other uh, famous Chelsea supporter who did a representing. What was his name? Uh, Jeremy uh, Clarkson. Oh, Jeremy Clarkson. Yes, but he's a bit of a Johnny come lately. That was more to do with his kids, I think. But uh, yes. <laughs> Um, Just don't whack any producers, all right? No, 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 no. I, I love our, I love our dear leader too much to do that. Um, so, um, gents, I'll go around one at a time. Um, Clayton, any other business? Anything you want to mention? Uh, no, only, only just sort of you very kindly plug my book. If anybody's interested in buying it, it's available uh, from Amazon. Uh, it's called Powerful Discord. And you can either buy it as an ebook uh, or a paperback. And if you know where the CFC UK stall is, uh, opposite the entrance to Fulham Broadway um, shopping centre, I think it is, you can buy uh, hard copies of the book there uh, signed. So, um, but thank you for having me on. Thank you very much for. Oh, uh, could, could we get it delivered? Could we get it delivered by the same drone they're using yeah. to, um, <laughs> to 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 watch Derby County's training sessions? Well, I, you know, basically, basically, a lot of people might think that I drone, so I could deliver it. So yeah, um, oh, but yeah, Clayton. no, I know. Right. no, but no it's, it's lovely to be back. I'm very pleased. I've got my uh, I've got my tartan thermos flask and my my custard creams, and I'll Excellent. I'll keep them in here until I'm uh, invited back again. And it's a, an, a a pleasure to have you on board, Clayton. Donald, anything from you? Um, not really. Um, I I think I could make it um an ongoing feature. Um where I relate my sort of chat with a star because I've still got one more. Um, so obviously when I say a regular feature, it's only going to happen twice. But yeah, <laughs> I, yes. I, I, happen to, I happen to find myself in the same room as, uh, well, I'll say someone very high up on the Chelsea tree with the son of someone very high up on the Chelsea tree. And, you know, that will bring the listener back 
for when we do our next podcast. Excellent. That's in 2019 yeah, or whatever. Yeah, intriguing. I'm going to oh, aim, go. I will aim to try and do this um, uh, in, a, in a fortnight, so we've got a, re- a, yeah. a sort of more regular... Obviously, we have you know, European games this year, so um, a bit more time to talk about um, the things that really matter. And, of course, that, that involves all sorts of um, wandering off and down the, into little avenues of... of um, other areas and, and discussions that yes. we're bound to come across or whatever um, but a pleasure to hear your voice again and I, and I hope um, that you've been encouraged by the fact that it's back and, and I've it, there's been laughter and, and, and we had, we've, we've had a hell of an intro from you Kweku so I would like to say thank you very much anything you'd like to add Kweku well uh, next fortnightly feature um, I think should come from a sandstorm in the Sahara Desert yeah um, <laughs> Right. Just, again, just all over the world <laughs> yeah. by status quo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> just, just to mix up a bit, you know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we've, um, had, we've had Hurricane Katrina. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. yeah. Uh, can, no, I just, so, can I just say the yep. entrance was a bit like um, one of those old comedy shows where you're standing in front of a piece of scenery and <laughs> the person enters by charging through it, you know, and it was like the ripping of paper ah. as you emerged it you was know, a sort of variety moment. style into yeah. the middle of the stage. It was, so it was, it was hilarious. It was, it great was indeed well. a great, a well, great, great There you moment. go. Apologies for that, chaps. I was trying to... Uh, um, I've been delayed coming back from work, so um, I had to actually jump off uh, the coach that was taking me back and, uh, and actually walk down Baker Street doing the, doing the uh, podcast, so that was why it was so noisy. Um <laughs> But there you go. Um, but yeah, um, I think just just to finish off, I, I, I do really want to stress this point um, about what how how we treat the players. I think as on a serious note, I think this is really really important because you know these players have much money there and they're still human beings. I think we need to yeah. show them show them a bit more respect think, sometimes. But, yeah. I think the renowned Andy Saunders has been making a big point about this as well on Twitter. Um, uh, I've met Andy once and he's quite a passionate bloke and I think he's been very, very clear about the fact that, you know, there have been people and there's been some disgusting tweets, you know, stepping right over the line, asking Mitchie Batshuayi if he can break Cahill and Ivanovic's legs in, in training accidentally and that sort of stuff, you know, and it's, you know, you, you question what these people are actually doing, but I guess they're probably about eight years old. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, um, so. you know I'm going I'm, I'm to jump in and say um, thank you very much, Kweku. An absolute pleasure. Cheers. Okay. Cheers. Um, and um, uh, so goodbye to you. Goodbye to you, Donal. Goodbye. Good night. Uh, and to you, Clayton. I would say good night, but people might be listening to it in the morning, so goodbye. <laughs> goodbye. Oh, um, and, to ever, the, uh, ever the professional. And to, <laughs> and I, I, nearly, I was nearly going to say to the listener, um, Lane Pochan, which means till next year. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but bon bon de douche. Bon de douche. Yeah. de matons. But thank you very much, and um, from all of us, good night. Good night.